welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Join us as we sit down with church leaders to discuss relevant trends and issues for today's church. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into a new episode of Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I'll be your host. Today we have with us Matt and Sarah Beth Crabtree from Wallace Memorial Baptist Church. Uh, Matt is the student pastor there, and uh, he spent some time to get away with uh, Sarah Beth to recharge and to... Uh, I'm not I'm not sure who's winning all the games, but hopefully no conflict or anything like that. But uh, they've spent a couple of days up here trying to just to break away from things. Of course, you've been busy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a busy season, it's retreat season in the spring, and so definitely having this time to get away is super important. Well, it seems like you you were just here. Yeah, uh, was it last weekend? Yeah, for our men's retreat. Yeah, so. which was pretty big and went mm-hmm. off great. That was, that was your first one that you did, right? Yeah, it was our first time doing a multi generational retreat. Guys from middle school. I think our oldest guy was eighty two. So that was awesome to get great. all the generations together in one awesome. place. Yeah. So you needed rest after that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted you guys to be here together and want us to kind of talk about, I think one of those aspects in the ministry is to be able to encourage one another as husband and wife to navigate all, especially now, all the things that are going on within the church in trying to reach people, make the connection and the stress that comes along with that. And, and and so I don't know how one person could do it by themselves without some someone to support them and encourage them and and uh, uh, through that but also uh, uh, continue to have a good relationship in your marriage so that's what I want us want us to spend a few minutes to talk about but let's just talk about you so tell me about yourself all right well I'm Sarah Beth I'm Matt's wife I am a school teacher in Knoxville Tennessee and so I spend my days with elementary students and then together we're in ministry and student ministry and I hang out with the girls in the evenings and we do sport activities I would say we're big sport fans go Vols yeah (laughs) yeah and then uh like Kevin said I'm the student pastor at Wallace been there for seven years now uh which is flying by um or actually it's almost eight going on eight years now so uh but we love it there it's amazing uh but like Sarah said we are involved uh, outside of, I guess, normal business hours, the way that we feel like the best way to connect to students is kind of meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so we go to lots of plays and ball games and concerts and performances. Uh, we coach our girls' youth basketball team at Wallace, um, and then we run our own league where we play against other churches. And so we try to use our other interests and stuff and kind of combine them with ministry, which yeah. is also kind of makes it fun as yeah. well. well. I think that's great. And this Sarah Beth, I mean, you you deal with uh, children all day long, and then you come home, you probably have to just kind of crash, right? Or do you just love that? I love being with students, but I do need some crash time in the afternoons after work before we head to something else. Yeah. So how do you do that? So here, we you, you make that transition, which I think would be difficult. I mean, just like a bivocational minister would be, you have a full-time job. And then uh, not only the preparation, but the mental preparation of making that shift from, you know, the, these are children 
you're, you work at a public school, which are lost children. They have lost families. A lot of them are. And so you make that shift into a church uh, setting. So how easy is that? Well, I think in a church setting, there's a lot of lost people too. So that's who we're reaching and who we're loving on. Um, But for me, our ministry really, it's not that I'm a mom to all the students at all. But if you think about it in the terms of shepherding, and Mm -hmm. that kind of goes hand in hand with parenting, right? Like that's something you're called to do. And so the Lord is going to give you that strength regardless of what we're doing that day. Yeah, and I think a lot of it uh, kind of goes back to planning and kind of looking ahead of time mm-hmm. uh, and how you balance your schedule with all that. And so we usually just go month by month. Uh, we do have a shared calendar that we can see on both of our phones when we add stuff and mm-hmm. uh, throughout the day as something pops up. Uh, but also at the beginning of the month, we have a, a calendar that's by our kitchen that's a dry erase calendar uh, that we just lay our whole month out. Right. Uh, and, and we're pretty good at looking at that calendar and being like, okay, where are the free days? Where are the days that we know we can rest? Uh, we have regal and limited passes. Uh, we both mm-hmm. love going to movies. And so that's a good escape for us. Right. Uh, but also just trying to like find those intentional date times uh, throughout the month, knowing that, okay, this is going to be a busy week coming up. We have uh, a D now coming up or we have a retreat coming up. Where are we going to find time in this week before we go into it? to relax, to be together. Cause if we're going into it already exhausted, mm-hmm. we're not going to probably be able to serve the Lord, like probably to the best of our abilities once we get there. Right. So what's summertime look like? Um, I know you have, that's your break. Uh, so are you pretty much, uh, with him on every trip or yes. yeah, we're all in. <laughs> so I, I joke that she's our unpaid girls minister at Wallace, yeah. um, <laughs> because she does feel a, a, a very important role. Um, that, that I can't fill, right. uh, girls, especially in 2023 are going through issues that, that I can't help them with, mm-hmm. uh, to a degree. I mean, I can help them spiritually up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to one, just be appropriate with the relationships with the girls and then two, to be able to help them with, with things that they struggle with that only pertain to girls. It is nice having somebody like Sarah Beth who cares about them, loves them, uh, and is all in with them mm-hmm. um, and meets them where they're at. And so definitely forever grateful for Sarah Beth. And, and I know that not every student pastor's wife has the ability to do that mm-hmm. uh, based off their jobs or, or their abilities that God has given them. But uh, it's been amazing that I've found someone and that I've married someone who does have such a heart for these girls and for these students and thankfully has summers off. Uh, and can come on the mission trips and the camps and everything else. And that's been invaluable for sure. So let's talk about that concept of uh, basically a husband, wife as a team doing ministry together. I mean, you just explained it that, you know, the, 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 the wife may be working a full-time job somewhere else. And so at least a, a big portion of their time is pulled to that. And if they have children, there's another portion of that time. And so I think there could be a little disconnection because they're doing two different things, right? So how do you avoid that? Well, I think as a wife, especially as a pastor's wife, one, there's a need for encouragement there. But two, like we're called to love our husbands. And in marriage, our marriage is a ministry is something I like to say. And that's how we see it viewed of what we're doing together. We believe that God is going to call us together um, because he's joined us together. 
Um, but as a wife in itself, you know, you're called to your husband, the Lord first, then your husband. And then if you do have a family mm-hmm. and shepherding those kids. And so finding that balance of how are you loving your family first? Mm-hmm. And I mean, teaching them biblically first as well as where the Lord has placed you. And I think in this season of our life and where the Lord has us, it has worked out between working in education and having the times off and mm-hmm. where we are in our family of being able to spend the time we are given and making the most of it. But you can still do that regardless of your job or how many students or families you have. It is based off of seasons and where you are in life. I think right now we don't have kids. So we went through a season where we fostered for about a year uh, and that altered how we did ministry sure. a lot, especially together where there was some times that she had to stay home with our foster daughter and I had to go to an event by myself and right. uh, which was hard. And it was an adjustment for us to try to figure out how to do that. And we know mm-hmm. that as we continue in ministry and uh, if the Lord blesses us with kids uh, in whatever way that might be, that we know that might alter how we do ministry. Um, but we know that we can do it a certain way now with just us two. Uh, and then as we move forward, we'll know that we'll just have to make tweaks and adjustments as we go. So what do you do when when Matt comes home and says, <clears throat> you know, I'm just going to start selling used cars? <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious, but, you know, just discouraged. I mean, how do you encourage him? Well, one, pray. I mean, that's behind the scenes. And then also something I've been working on is making sure I'm telling him I'm praying for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to the Lord, but it's encouraging to know that physically too. So praying with him, praying for him. Absolutely. And, um, just kind of being that other conversationalist and being able to talk things out in the safe space of our home. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we are working through something, we need that helpmate. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, there are hard parts of ministry and dirty parts of ministry and difficult parts of ministry that, that all pastors deal with. And so if, if you can't keep that all just buried within, uh, yourself and not tell somebody. And so, having somebody, uh, not that I unleash every single detail and everything that I'm frustrated with, but if I do have a hard day, it it is nice to be able to come home and be like, Hey, this was difficult at work. I don't understand why this parent's frustrated at me. I don't understand why I'm not understanding why our pastor's making this decision, uh, and to have somebody that can kind of reason with me. And sometimes there's the harsh reality of her being able to speak truth into me and being like, Hey, well, maybe you, you're just not thinking of it the right way or, or maybe honestly, maybe you're just kind of thinking of yourself here and not really thinking of the other person in that. Or maybe you maybe said this and you meant it this way, but it was taken a different way. And so she's like, I know you, I know how you probably meant it, but I think you, maybe if you reword it differently or approach it a different way next time, it might be better. And so kind of that balance of, of speaking truth, but also speaking it in love. Oh, I appreciate that. I was going to say, I try to say that lovingly as harsh as that sounds. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. And and it it does done in a loving way, um, which helps, but it doesn't mean I always want to hear it either, but I need to. So you have those times probably like, like I do is that your wife will say, you know, this is probably what's happening. And I say, Oh, it couldn't be that. And then what happens? Well, she was right. And I'm like in a different world thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would I? Ha- why would it happen like that? But then I find out. Well, that's really what was happening, <clears throat> and and, I, and the Lord reminds me a lot of times that hey, you need to listen to what I'm saying to you through your wife, 
And, and even though it may not necessarily make sense to you at the moment, you know, I'm trying to give you some, some uh, truth there. So, yeah. Cause I mean, I, and I believe that, that, that he does speak through our spouses because I believe that we're the closest to that person and we're going to listen to them probably above anybody else. So mm-hmm. like a, another coworker could come to me and tell me the same thing that she does, but I'm probably going to listen to her mm-hmm. more than I am the coworker. And especially if I see a repeated pattern of, well, a leader said something, a coworker said something, and maybe it still hadn't clicked yet. But by the time that she says it, I'm like, okay, we have something that I need to, to fix or address or, right. or figure out here. Yeah. So let's talk about stress. What kind, what kind of stress is, I mean, it, the ministers are listening to this right now. I mean, everybody's feeling this weight of stress on their shoulders. They'll all have look different. It uh, just kind of depends on your position, depends on what size church you're in, depends on what's going on in your life. What kind of stresses are have you been dealing with for, in general uh, the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, coming out of COVID, uh, for sure. I mean, I think people think that that was super long ago, I guess three years ago, but we're still dealing with the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you have a lot of pastors dealing with apathetic people, mm-hmm. um, getting people to come back to the building as a struggle. Uh, we, we deal with that with students. Uh, their teenagers were used to being able to sit at home and play video games. And, and it's almost like we're dealing with the apathy on the parent side of them being okay with that and being like, mm-hmm. well, they don't need to go to Wednesday nights. They're fine. They go on Sunday mornings. That's enough. Right. Um, and so I think that there's that stress level and trying to, to re-engage people and connect with people. And I think no matter the size of your church, I think everybody's kind of dealing with that. You have the stress of also on the flip side, dealing with all the issues that have come from that uh the 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 mental health issue specifically i think coming out of covid we have a lot of people struggling with anxiety and depression that maybe didn't deal with that before because because of the isolation um you have the mental health issues because of maybe family members that passed away mm-hmm. uh, and that's led to to issues and so i think as pastors you are absorbing all of that stuff mm-hmm. and you're constantly you, you're you're helping others and you're pouring out and you need to, to have those times that you're also being poured into um and if you if you don't that that's kind of where, where you kind of lead to burnout is because you don't have anything left to pour because uh, yeah. you're constantly pouring out into other people right well, let's talk about a couple of those issues and and I, I think that gives us a better idea of the stress that really both of you are dealing with I mean not just together but also as you you are ministering to the girls and you're ministering to both, but guys too. What are, and we've, we talk about this a lot. We hear it on the news, but you tell me what, what's, let's, let's, you, t- Matt, you tell me what, what's the, what's guys dealing with in the stress of their lives today because of the result of the last three years? Yeah, I think the lack of like community and the desire to have community, but not know how. Uh, they've been alone, they've been isolated, uh, so they can connect with their friends through online gaming. They can connect with them through FaceTime and text messages. But I really like, I don't believe God created us to connect with each other through technology like that Mm -hmm. constantly, that we were created to have in-person connection. Mm -hmm. And so they get together in person and they don't know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to connect with each other. They don't know how to form these close friendships and bonds. And so you have a bunch of people who have very surface level friendships or just basically online friendships. And so they're, they're, they're lonely. Mm-hmm. And I think guys are in that same boat. I don't, I, a friend of mine told me, and I don't know the exact statistic, but it's a very high percentage of, uh, of 
teen guys and even adult men who couldn't even tell you who their best friend is. Mm. Wow. And, and I think that, that that's an issue Yeah. Uh, when you don't have somebody that you're trusting in and in a, a community of people around you as you walk through life. Like I think we were created for community. Uh, when you don't have that, I think then that leads to the issues of a lot of the mental health issues that we're seeing. Well, Sarah Beth, what about ladies, girls? What are they dealing with today? One of them's the same thing that we see is the lack of knowing how to communicate and the desire for relationships. I would say the same thing is that we are created by God to have a relationship, and that includes both in a couple relationship, but also in friendships. You know, we're designed for this community of believers. And they don't even know how to look each other in the eyes. They don't know what to say. And then it's spiraling into some severe mental health. You know, we're dealing with thoughts and conversations of suicide. And we're dealing with really Mm -hmm. poor body image. Um, And social media is tough right now on our girls. I could do a whole other podcast on that. (laughs) I joke that pastor wives are the biggest secret keepers because we do hear a lot of these prayer concerns. And I would say that's sometimes really hard, but then understanding that God has given us the ability to then turn around and pray for them. So it's not our burden, even though we pray to see like Jesus does, Mm -hmm. you know, we do feel and long and have that heart to want to help, but ultimately we are not the help. Mm -hmm. It is not us. Um, It is the Lord. And so the only thing we can do is point them to the Lord and come along beside them and pray with them. Um, And I would say that is hard as well from the outside perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, I don't know if you can tell any difference. Uh, Do you feel like that boys, girls are equally dealing with the same similar stress? Uh, Obviously it's a little different, but it's a level of that stress still the same. And and, uh, do they handle it very similar? I think that, I think that COVID almost like brought it closer to the middle. I think, even things like body issues with stuff like social media, like, for example, my brother works for FCA and he'll bring uh, two boxes of donuts to a bunch of athletes and do a devotion and he'll walk away and almost have two full boxes. Hmm. And one day he even joked with some of his football, these are football players, big dudes, and they're like, why won't you touch me? He's like, oh, I got to look good for Instagram. Hmm. I got to look good for, wow. for online. And so they're dealing with just this, like, you would think with body image issues in the past with student ministry that typically was just something you talk to girls about like guys are like they don't care they're eating cheetos and drinking mountain dew and they don't really care what they look like but now i feel like that it's pretty close to dealing with both of those about the exact same and and i think both are leading to the mental health issues that we're seeing and i really think the root of it all is social media yeah um and this constant state of comparison that again that we weren't created to 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 live in i think that Humans have always dealt with comparison. We see that all throughout scripture, but this has just elevated it to an unhealthy degree, I guess, that we've never seen before in history. And just it's astronomically bigger than we've ever seen before. So how do you deal with that? I mean, obviously, uh, you could say the solution is to get rid of social media. Yeah. And I've heard people say that. But that's not realistic. But it's not. Yeah. What, do you, what, what would be a suggestion that you're trying to maybe deal with today in your youth groups? I mean, we, we speak into it as much. I try not to be, I'm trying not to become the anti-social media youth pastor, Mm -hmm. but I do speak into it and say, Hey, uh, I think social media was created for good. I think that there's good that can come from it. Um, in the way that we connect with people, the way that we can find similar interests with people. But I do talk about that, that we were created for real connection with others. And I think that's a part of it, but also speaking into the comparison that happens on it. 
um, and trying to kind of speak against that and to warn them and to kind of point them to maybe specific areas that we see that they're struggling with. Um, and it's almost like giving them some warning signs being like, Hey, like just with anything, like it can be good, but too much of it can be bad. Mm -hmm. Like having a donut is great, but if you eat a dozen, it's probably going to hurt. So spending 15 minutes on social media and learning what's going on with your friends and your family, like that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're spending four or five hours a day on it, yeah, it's probably going to lead to some negative consequences. Right. Yeah. So let's back up into you're sitting on both of you all sitting on the couch. Which your I'm sure your friends or you're following your youth, and you come across one of those girls that posts something. You're thinking, why are you thinking posting that? Did we just not talk about that all the time, every day? Yeah. I mean, it, you're trying to relax and be stress free and suddenly your stress level goes up because you know what that's doing to that child. I think we're more aware of it now with Mm -hmm. technology and it goes both ways. They are more aware of the comparison and the evils that come with it, Mm -hmm. you know, good and evil, right? Like we talked about, but then when we see it, we're also more aware. Yeah. And so that can, that can present some really intense prayer moments um, and some hard truths and then just understanding, okay, now what is our action step? Yeah. Right. Do I immediately reach out to that girl? Not every time, because mm-hmm. if the only time Sarah Beth is reaching out to her is because she's done something wrong, right. we've created an enemy here. And so there has to be relationships, one with the people they're looking up to, making sure there's godly influences there. And then a lot of the programming that we do at church mm-hmm. to give them that time. You know, we just had our guys retreat for men of all ages, allowing them time to get away, build connections, mm-hmm. create friendships and study the word. And um, we're going to be doing that here next week with the girls, middle nice, and high yeah. schoolers. And we cannot wait for them, one, just to be away from cell phone service yeah. and actually communicate with each other. And then in that space, grow and learn from the Lord. Yeah. So just a lot of the programming that we can give as a church. Um, and then I would say also what they're seeing at home, mm-hmm. right? Like we looked at, um, even in fostering, just understanding how parenting works and God's design for that of how we are modeling our stress at home. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what their home looks like, but they're learning from that. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. saying anything. And so just encouraging all church members and all adults of to check yourself first. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all in this constant relationship with Christ and we don't realize the influence we have on everyone around us. Yeah. Now, has there been times that you've seen something they post and you've had to go talk to them? Oh, I mean, immediately. I mean, what do you do? How do you approach that? I think that depends on the measure of what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have one post and it was basically a cry for help. And Mm -hmm. we did an immediate um, intervention um, for suicide because Mm -hmm. we realized this is a big time cry. It's an immediate action. If it's something simple, you know, we'll plan a coffee date or we'll plan a meetup or I'll reach out or make sure I say something to them next time I see it. But it's really depending on what we see. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Sarah Beth, I think, deals with more of the brunt of this when it comes to more of inappropriate posts. And so I think, mm-hmm. say, for example, a girl posts an inappropriate picture, especially if it's a girl that's like on it, like we have a student-led worship team, we have a student leadership team, and mm-hmm. we have higher standards for them. And so Sarah Beth does a really good job, though, of having that conversation, but not letting that be the center and the main reason of the conversation right. and kind of confronting them and being and, and, and talking about their day, talk about their life, how, how it's going. And usually somehow it'll come out in the conversation. And so it's not a, I need to meet with you to talk about this bad post, but it's like, Hey, I just want to meet up with you. 
I truly care about you. And because I care about you, I'm going to speak into this. Yeah. Yeah. And so she does an amazing job with that. Uh, With guys, a lot of them, it's it's more of like inappropriate music that they might post with stuff. I mean, I'll call out guys. I mean, I didn't think we'd ever have to deal with calling out guys with their shorts being too short, but... I feel like now they might as well just be wearing their underwear because their shorts are so short. Yeah. Uh, and I call them on, like, I'm more blunt with that, I guess, than <laughs> I maybe sometimes should be. But I'm like, I need to do the fingertip roll length on you, man. Yeah, so, like, yeah. and I didn't think that that would have ever happened, I guess, back when I was in school. Because when we were in school, what was popular was having super long shorts. Right. Uh, and they've, it's like circled back to like the 70s with like the, the basketball shorts that they used to wear when right. they played basketball. But, yeah. uh, but that's their typical wardrobe. So, I think there's times that I'm probably a little too blunt at times and I have to learn from Sarah Beth's uh, truth and grace and love approach um, that she has with the girls. Because I think the guys need that sometimes too, just as much as the girls. I will also add real quick, if someone's listening, whether you're a female minister or it's your wife who does the same thing, but getting girls in a group, um, maybe like a smaller group in a setting Mm -hmm. where they know that they have your attention. Um, So whether it's a couple of them and you're going on a trip, right? So you have them. um, There is multiple people in a car, but it's all females. Mm -hmm. They're going to talk to you, right? And so, and if they know that you've given up your time to be with them, all you have to do is listen. Mm -hmm. That's my greatest trick is just stop talking and listen for them. Well, that's some good wisdom. You know, I think that there's many uh, churches that especially youth ministry that let this go they just they just kind of write it off as that's just what kids do and and they're not taking it serious it's this is a very serious time it has Mm -hmm. been even before covid but it's like you said it's amplified so i I think it's important that uh church leadership and youth uh pastors need to take note of these and don't ignore it uh but be be kind what you're Mm -hmm. saying the wisdom you gave be loving, but also give direction, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to share it online, what are they willing to not share? Sure. That's the biggest question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that that's one of those things that you take home with you because you worry about the, the, the youth and your youth group and uh, what's going on in their life. You see their life on social media. A lot of times they, you know, they're just kind of posting what they're thinking. They're not, they don't seem to have... Not only do they not seem to have a filter, they're not very fearful on social media, are they? No. So they just put whatever they're thinking. Yeah, and and we try to teach them because we've been there. And a common analogy we've used recently is is I've told them, I was like, imagine myself and Sarah Beth and a couple of your leaders were out in the ocean and there's a bunch of jellyfish and they stung all of us super bad and we're super hurt and we're walking out of the waters and we see you guys as the students coming right into where we just were, it would be very unloving of us to not warn you Mm. of the area that we were just in that we left hurt. Mm. And so we we try to tell them of, hey, we're not saying this to to make it not fun or to, 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 to be a Debbie Downer all the time, but we're trying to say, hey, we've walked down some of these roads before. Some of these roads led to pain and hurt and struggle and how unloving of us would it be if we didn't show you how the roads that you're now heading down are going down the same roads and it's going to lead to the pain and the struggle. So we want to speak into that, not right. so that you can be like, well, they turned out just fine. It's like, yeah, we might have turned out fine to a degree, but 
we dealt with that pain and struggle and we don't want to see you go you through that too. To. Yeah, you don't right. have to. Well, that's what the Lord did in the Old Testament. You know, he gave them all those rules that are so boring to read in yeah. the Old Testament, if I might say that. <laughs> um, but ultimately, if you look more deeply into what he was saying, it was how to cook your meat. So you're not going to get sick, right? Mm-hmm. All these really lengthy rules were to protect his people. Right. And so I think there's joy and boundaries and not explaining that to a teenager adult is hard. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Have you had some uh, victory stories that you've been able to share with them and say, hey, you're going down a wrong road with, especially with social media, how's it affecting you? And that they've acknowledged it and suddenly start doing better. Yeah. I mean, we, we have had social or some students that are like, hey, I got rid of my social media either for good or for an extended period of time. And they're like, I like it better. But yeah. Some of them say, hey, I got it back. And I just don't find myself on it as much because mm-hmm. I saw the joy that I had without it. Right. Um, I'm holding some passwords for some people that I've said, hey, here's my password. Hmm. Will you keep it for me? You know, change it. And then when I'm ready, please give it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that it, it's small victories. And I think that's just in, I wouldn't say that's just in pseudo ministry. I think it's the ministry as a whole is that you have to celebrate the small victories because a lot of what we're doing we're probably not going to see the fruit of in student ministry or just in ministry in general. And so you just have to trust that you're following what the Lord is calling you to do and to say and to, to men in the ways that you minister and just pray that he works through it. And you have to be okay with not seeing the fruit most of the time. Yeah. But the good thing is I think you will see some fruit. The problem is it may be, 20 years from now. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so when you're getting ready to retire, you'll have some people come to you and say, you know, uh, Matt, Sarah Beth, you made a impact in my life as a youth. That is why I am who I am today. Mm. And so I know that you work hard. You both have a great ministry there at Wallace. And I really appreciate all that you do because, you know, what we do here, we come in contact with a lot of other youth students, pastors. Uh, of course, I'm from this area. Wallace has always been a church that everybody's always recognized of what's happening there. And so I always hear talk about people have said, you know, uh, Wallace has such a great youth ministry going on. So uh, I know that's not why you do it, but you're doing a good job. Both of you are fantastic at what you do, and you're really impacting so many people. You know, and your ministry's extended uh, not only the youth, but the youth's parents, their dads. Mm. And we know statistically, if a father comes to know Christ, there's a huge percentage uh, that mm-hmm. their whole family would come to know Christ versus yeah. a child or a wife. So you're making an impact on those kids' parents. So I appreciate that. Well, guys, thank you for just taking a few minutes and talking with me and sharing with me about your ministry together. Well, thank you guys. Uh, and if I was listening to this, I mean, Sarah Beth and I have benefited a lot just from coming and, and you all taking care of us for a couple of days and allowing us to have this time and in place just to rest. And to, I mean, it's not that far from Knoxville, but it was still super impactful for us to be able to have a place that was quiet, that was peaceful, that was uh, nice, friendly, just to be able to get away from our normal area and just to have that chance to recharge. So we appreciate you guys yeah, a lot too. No problem. Well, and, and anyone that's listening across our state of Tennessee, our conference centers, Carson Springs and Linden Valley is always available for you to come and just take uh, take a break mm-hmm. and get away from the world. Or if you're listening outside the state, uh, give us a call. We love to build 
to put you up for a couple of days mm-hmm. and uh, to, to just to minister to you guys. So those who are listening to us right now, if you're listening to um, uh, Spotify or iTunes, uh, please leave a comment or just follow us. That will encourage others to listen to this great resource. We would love to hear from you. So if you got any comments or uh, requests or qu- requests that uh, you can uh, ask Matt or Sarah Bath or just what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at carsonpodcast at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thank you for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org or you can email us at carsonpodcast at tnbaptist.org.